welcome to the Raptor Show on the Sports Radio Network. Make sure to find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review the show. A reminder, we're streaming live on Sports YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. I'm your host, Will and Wu. I'm joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong. It's been too long since we've been back in the studio. Um, you know, we took a mini all-star break of our own. We were off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But we are back. The Raptors are back tonight as well, taking on the New Orleans Pelicans. And, um, yeah, you know, during our time away, we were able to bring you a couple special gifts. But, uh, Alex, man, how was your time off? Oh, it was great. It was great, you know, just to get some time off, uh, you know, away from the grind. Mm. Um, nice to be back, though. Excited. Excited for the last 23 games yep. of a season. I'm going to talk myself into this. Are you? Do you need to talk yourself into this push? Um, you the know, play-in push? As we discussed on... Uh, Another banter pod that we released oh, yesterday yeah. as well. Now available. Um, even when the Raptors in 2012 were doing absolutely nothing, and mm. it was Jeremy Lin coming in hitting a game winner, a historic moment for us Asians. Yeah. Um, I was still conflicted because I'm always invested in the Raptors winning. Oh, okay. So yes, tonight's game against the New Orleans Pelicans is going to be a must win. Oh. And okay. um, yeah, we, you know, we'll, we'll definitely go through like what it's going to take for the Raptors to you know make the play-in, um, make a home spot in the play-in. Or, um, you know, make a home spot in the play. in. damn, man. <laughs> I know. I All know. right, let's drink this Kool-Aid, man. All right, yeah. We'll drink also, it. by the way, we had a, we got a McFlurry ad coming up later in the show. <laughs> How are you teasing a promoted Which ad? is so, in the meantime, we have um, the, the Siakam, Siakam Swirl. Swirl. For people watching on TV and YouTube, you can see yeah. it. All right. Um, I already have mine. Yeah, we are going game. to we are going to review this because in the meantime, we have this interview that we did with Gary Trent Jr. down at practice on Wednesday. Um, and so we'll get to that, and then afterwards, um, I will be able to eat this McFlurry and, and give an on-air review. So let's get to that interview with Gary Chen Jr. Okay, we're down here at practice with Gary Chen Jr. Um, you know, so first off, it's right after All-Star break right now. Um, do you get a chance to go away a little bit, relax a little bit? Uh, I took a ch- time to go down to Miami. was down there working out for about three, four days. You know, it was cool. Get out the cold a little bit. Yeah. My toes in the sand. Get in the gym in the heat. So it was pretty cool. Did you watch All Star Weekend? I caught a little bit of games. I watched Scotty a little bit. I yeah. watched uh, the All Star game a little bit. Yeah. A little bit of the dunk contest. Um, would you ever do three point contests? Have they ever invited you or anything? Uh, no, I haven't really got the opportunity. You know, obviously I would love to go win it. Yeah. That'd be the goal. But you know, the NBA you got certain people, certain names. You know, they want to be a part of it. A part mm-hmm. of it. So you know, that's how I go. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, I know, I know a lot of people are talking about the All-Star game. They want to see it more competitive. You know, if you had an idea to make it more competitive, what do you think it would be? Because people are kind of complaining like there was no defense. Although it's it's, it's All-Star game. like. Yeah. yeah, you know, they complain about, you know, non-defense, and they've been complaining. You know, that's why they made the adjustment in the rules with the quarters and, you know, the ending instead yeah. of so it's more entertaining, it's more fun. But, you know, people want to see them play hard on defense, and then some also people want to see them dunking. Do crazy stuff they don't usually do in a normal game. So you're going to win and lose. You know, you can't please everybody. You never can. Yeah. No, I mean, I feel like it comes and goes too, right? Because some some games was like very competitive. I feel like a couple years ago, Kyle Lowry was taking charges in an all-star game. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. a first. So 2016 year? What year was that? 2017? What year was that? I was like 2020. 2020? Oh, yeah. man. Okay, okay, okay. Pascal was in that game too. I think Nick was coaching. Oh, uh, yeah. See, yeah. that's why. He was on <laughs> Nick was like, I got to pressure up. the ball. I got to exactly. show me your All eagles. That. Exactly. All that. That's why he was doing that. All right. All right. Well, listen, I want to walk through uh, your season a little bit, right? So, you know, um, you know, you, you spoke about this, but in the offseason, you always try to come back with something new. 
you know, when you compare sort of, I mean, it's already, it's more than a halfway point now, but how have this season met expectations for you, you know, when you were working out in the offseason in terms of your preparation? It's the same. Everything I was trying to do, coming in, obviously, handling a little better, obviously continue to shoot the ball at a high level, still trying to finish around the rim, you know, trying to get the percentages up, whether it's two, whether it's three, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to get higher percentages than I was last year. You know, you never want to come back the same. You always want to try to come back better and try to stay and continue playing at a high level. You know, that's always my goal. That's always what I strive to do. That's always what I try to do. Right. Now, I think one thing watching this year, especially your approach on offense, like, You've been able to, over the course of your three years in Toronto, like really get to your shot more and more. And, you know, um, it's not just the jumpers, too. You've been able to get to the basket a little bit more. But I feel like your mid-range game is kind of a little bit slept on. Like you're able to get that little mid-range off uh, even when it's heavily contested. Like what goes into that? And also do you have that green light to shoot the mid-range? Because I think a lot of, you know, coaches nowadays, like, you know, essentially that's forbidden, really. Yeah, you can say that. But, you know, Nurse does a good job of, you know, he lets everybody free flow mm. in a sense. He lets them play. He lets them do what they do. If obviously, if you work on it, you can do it. But if you don't work on it, you obviously don't do it. But really just, it's just how I structured and worked on my game, obviously with my father, you know, even starting off early on, it was always mid-ranges and trying to finish around the rim and handling. You know, when we first started out, he always told me if you don't have a handle, you can't dribble, you'll never even get to a shot that you're right. trying to get to anyway. So really just the count effort of working. But in my mid-range, you know, I would say it's kind of sleep on, slept on for sure. I've always been good in the men's range throughout my whole career, my whole life, you know, yeah. and just branched out. And as I got older and older and stronger, we started going out to the three-point line and just getting numerous reps on that as well, too. But, you know, being able just to score from all three levels can really help you be dynamic on the offensive end, whether it's at the rim, whether it's mid-range, whether it's three. Guys are shooting 35-plus, so you can even say it's another extended range if you want to add yep. to it for yep. some guys. So, obviously, just continue to work, continue to get better. Like I said, always add something to my game, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like, you know, the way you started this season, you know, you you were at your percentages of not higher. And then the last two months or so, I mean, I'm looking up the numbers. Now. You're averaging like 21 points uh, on very efficient shooting, 45 from the field, 40 from three, 90 from the free throw line in the last like two months. But there was that a bit of a dip in the middle there. And I'm not sure what exactly sort of went into it. I want to hear from your perspective, right? Because, you know, Nick put you on that bench as well, and he also made some comments in terms about your defense. Like, can you walk me through what happened in that stretch? Because the last two months is sort of what we've come to know you as, as a player. What happened in that month of November? Yeah, um, to be honest, I'm not even sure. I don't know what we were, you know, what we were doing as a team or mm-hmm. whatever was going on, but we were just trying to figure it out. That's what we always do. No matter the month, no matter the game, we figure it out. Again, he said I was going to the bench, and... Sometimes I was playing 25 minutes and yep. 30 minutes, and it was up and down. So, you know, that could be a little factor into it, too. But, again, any opportunity, any chance I get out there, I'm going to go out there and try to help this team win in any way, shape, or form, you know. But to piggyback on what happened in November or whatever, I'm not sure. You know, it's just it's a long season, man. Everybody has their ups. Everybody has their downs. It's going to be some good, bad, or ugly, you know. Just make it yeah. work. No, I mean, I feel like you guys have been trying a lot of stuff this year, too. I think people are just kind of assuming, and I think this is probably our fault in the media, where it was like, it's the same team that we had last season brought back. You got one or two other additions, but for the most part, it's the same team. We just expect the same things to happen. But I guess, like, seasons don't really work like that. You got to, like, figure your way out through injuries and things like that. Um, while you came off that bench, you were very productive in that role, just like you're productive in the starting role. Do you have a role that you prefer? Is there any sort of difference for you in your approach or anything like that? No, I wouldn't say that. Obviously, you know, as a kid and dream, your dream is to start of course. be an NBA, you know. But obviously, that's not everybody's fortune. That's not everybody's role, you know. You got to learn. You got to adapt. You want to survive in this league. You got to be able to play any way, anywhere, one minute, 
100 minutes for you to be the first guy, you got to know how to be the last guy. So mm. for you to do any of those things, you just got to play. Got to be a good teammate. Can't really worry about none of those things and, you know, go out there and just be at peace. You feel me? Just Did you play. ever get down on yourself during that stretch? No, I wouldn't say down. Was I? Would I be mad or sad or obviously feel some type of way? Yeah. Of course. I worked my whole life for this moment. I'm yeah. going to continue to try to strive to be the best I can no matter what the situation is. So really just, you know, I wouldn't really say it was too down. It wasn't too up. You know, I don't really ever get too up or too down. Right. Stay easy selling. Everything will take care of itself. Believe in what you believe in. Work hard. Be a good person. Everything should work out for you. Yeah, you know, I, I thought it was a big statement too because when you got that first start, um, when you got back to the starting lineup, it was against the Suns. You dropped 35. And after that, it's kind of like, okay, it's really hard to, to make another lineup change like that when you're putting 35 on the board. But, I mean, I cl- you clearly have that body of work, and, you, you know, you've been able to, you know, lead the team in scoring quite a few times as well. You know, in terms of the rest of your game, do you feel like there are other aspects you would like to expand into or that you would like to showcase? Or I mean, obviously everyone's got to play a role on the team, and clearly, you know, you're the shooting guard, right? But at the same time, are there other aspects of your game that you sort of intentionally work on to sort of potentially, you know, expand into that down the line? Even just little different things, you know, obviously little drills that are super small and tedious but can help in a long way. Mm -hmm. Just, for example, even when we're in shooting drills and I need to work on my passing and my playmaking. So I'm throwing different type of passes with my right hand, staying locked in with my left hand, trying to throw it overhead, just trying different ways to, you know, try to get the ball out. Obviously weaknesses and our weaknesses are things you don't really get to showcase or work on. You got to extra do it as well so you can do that. But to piggyback on what you said was just really being able to play make, you know, pick and roll type of thing, really yeah. about it. Yeah, so I mean, that feels like the natural stuff for you, right? Because you're already, like, very established as a scorer right now, and teams are always going to start to double you. You know, I noticed, especially in that stretch in December, they were having you play as, like, the featured guy with the second unit at the start of the second quarter, sure. start of the fourth quarter. They ran a lot of plays for you. And a lot of the times, just based on who was on the floor – they would, like, you know, you come off a screen or whatever and two guys would be on you and you got to make the next pass. And, you know, I think that those opportunities will probably continue to come the more you develop as a scorer, right? So, um, Hopefully. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure everyone's asking Nick this question. He's not really answering it, but with the, the trade of Yaka Proto coming in, right, somebody's got to go to the bench Somebody. eventually. Somebody has to Do you to know go who that's going to be? Because right now we're talking Wednesday. The game is on Thursday. We'll find out tomorrow, but. Man, who don't know? We all, I don't know. I'm not sure. But, again, mm. anybody that come off the bench, everybody going to be ready. Right. Everybody going to be locked in. Everybody's yeah. going to be looking in at the bigger picture, at a bigger goal of what we're trying to accomplish here, and that's win. So, right. you know, obviously somebody going to have to go to the bench, and somebody's minutes is obviously going to go down as well, too, along with that. So, again, just go out there, roll with the punches, play hard, you know, be a difference maker. Everybody go out there, and we'll be good. Yeah, that's, that's the right answer. That's 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 the right answer. Um, all right, you know, I, I want to ask you uh, about your dad as well because he comes on this program mm-hmm. like a decent number of times. You know, he's, <laughs> he's, he's he, he likes us. I don't know why, but he, he likes loves us. talking. He, anybody that put a mic in his face, he gonna <laughs> he gonna talk all day. <laughs> loves talking. Okay, well, yeah, I, because he's on the show a lot. Yeah. I want you to give us like the you know the scouting report essentially on what he's like as a you know obviously as a dad, but also as someone to who's been in your life very prominently. He's around all the time. I see him you know come to Toronto pretty frequently as well. What's he like, man? He's crazy. He's funny. Uh, he's entertaining. He's exciting. It's too many words that you could put in, you know, put them to life for him. But, mm-hmm. you know, as he, anytime he gets on these shows or he talks, he's obviously, you know, he talks from a parent's perspective. Yeah. He talks from how he sees it, in a sense, outside looking in. So some of it can be, you know, a little gas. Some could yeah. be, you know, from just an emotional parent type of thing. But, you know, he, he's cool. He's super informative. He's smart. Yeah. He know a lot. 
He put me on game on everything throughout the league, life. I wouldn't be where I'm at with him today, without him today, you know, so... Big up to my dad, you know, shout out G Trent Senior, man. Yo, Justin, you don't have to tell anyone on this program, man, because every time he's on, man, people yeah. are always really thrilled and excited or whatever. No, I, I wanted to ask, too, because um, for you growing up, right, you, you were probably in a lot of NBA locker rooms. For sure. What was that like? You know, what was some of those experiences you remember being in those rooms? Because, I, I, you know, I, I mentioned this a few times on the program, but um, I listened to KG, has a, his own podcast, mm -hmm. and he always asks about, you know, how little nephew's doing up there, and he's talking about you. For big, sure. Right? So what was that like growing up in NBA locker rooms? To be honest with you, it was motivating. No matter what I was yep. doing, no matter where I was going, everything I was doing was preparing for those moments, whether it was going to see locker rooms, meeting coaches, seeing how they talking after the game, seeing meeting numerous teams, numerous players, down to Yao Ming, being scared, meeting Kobe, having a chance to see LeBron, meeting different players before I actually got to the league, and then... When I went to the locker room, I was just like a fly on the wall. I was listening mm. to every single thing they was doing, what they was talking about, how they were getting treatment. We would literally go from the games of watching them at the Target Center and then go straight to the court. You know, it can't be no more motivating than going out there and yeah. seeing those guys do this and that. You're in the same building. You have a realistic chance of doing that, and you just got to put in the work. And that's all we did and was really just stand with it. But, again, it was – Motivating. That's all I can really say. Motivating. No matter what, I had to be there. I had to get there. There's even times I was telling my dad, it was even players on the roster at the time I thought I was better than, oh, yeah? even in high school. <laughs> so I was just was always ready, was always focused, was always, you know, trying to get to this league and stay in this league. So. Did you ever play, like, any of them one-on-one? -on -one? I'm sure you played your dad one-on-one. -on -one. That's different. Yeah, but. I killed him since I was about 12. Oh, 12? 12. Oh, I'm, I'm 12 gonna, years I'm, old. I'm going to ask but, him about that the next time he's but on everybody, the But everybody else, no, I didn't really get the chance to play one-on-one -on -one with anybody else, but really okay. just besides picking brains and Shooting here and there, you know, I wasn't really too much, you know. Also, right. I was in college and tampering rules and stuff like that. So. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, not trying to get you in trouble. Nah, for sure. Um, now, I also noticed, like, um, something your dad always talks uh, about when we ask him about you is he always talks about you as a brother, an older brother, right? Because you got a big gap between you and your younger siblings, right? For sure. Um, and, you know, it's in a way, I mean, obviously they're, they're your siblings or your brothers, but at the same time, like, you're their mentor, right? You're so significant to them. They're probably going to copy everything you do. What kind of example you want to set for them as, as an older sibling? Just as an older sibling, I would just, you know, nothing basketball related because, you know, obviously I can help them here and there, but if they yeah. need, but really just how to stay focused, you know, what to look out for, what to watch out for, uh, just how to navigate through life. You know, that's really the main thing that I really try to help them with down to everything, down to knowing where they live, mm -hmm. down to knowing who they are, down to knowing their skin color, who they are when they walk around outside, yeah. how they're perceived, how they need to carry themselves, everything. So just everything a big brother's supposed to do. If they got any questions, comments, concerns, they can hit me up at any time. You know, just like brothers, we fight, play games, yeah. do all types of stuff. So, yeah. That's but real. I love being a big brother for sure. That's real. All right, they're giving me the wrap-up signal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to transition to rapid fire. So just give me some quick uh, answers to these ones, all right? First one, what's the biggest misconception that people have about your game? People, I'll say the biggest misconception people have on my game is that, yes, they'll say I'm a shooter. Yes, I can shoot. They'll label me as a shooter, but I feel like I am a scorer that can shoot. When you shoot mm. the basketball at a high level from the three-point line, they just want to label you as a shooter. When I think shooter, I think J.J. Redick. Kyle Culver, mm. I would like to say I am a scorer that can shoot. Right. For sure. Okay. Um, next question here. 
top three hardest. And I have good defense, but go ahead. Oh, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, top three hardest players to guard at your position. At the two spot? Yeah. Ooh, at my position. It's a lot of talented guys in this league, man. Mm-hmm. But if you want to start, I don't know if you want to come one or two, but sure, I would say yeah. James Harden and just okay. his ability to get calls and create space. I ain't even got my possession. I got the hardest to guard for you. I could say Zion Williamson, the oh, same man. thing. Just How does big, anyone guard him, man? I feel to- like people just bounce off of him. He's too strong. On top of bouncing off of him and on top of that whistle that he gets, it's yeah. crazy. You know, it's probably going to be a foul either other time. He drives yeah. to the rim, you could call something. So that's crazy. And I would say the same thing with him and Embiid. <laughs> All right, all right. No, those are pretty we good. good. We good, we good. Man. All right, I'm going to tell them that yeah, we're we good. good. We'll um, you know, I, I got to ask this. Vintage or designer? If you got to only wear one. What about vintage designer? Is there a vintage designer? I don't even know. Clearly, vintage, I don't there could like be some. There could be some vintage designer. Okay, it could right. be vintage designer for, for example, if a brand dropped a uh, if Chrome Hard or got a 1995 bag I might have. That's, I would okay. say that's vintage. All right, all right. You're the person to ask for this. Um, best with the ox cord in the locker room. I feel like everyone always asks us a little bit. Mm-hmm. Everybody got different tastes in music, but I would say for good vibes, and, yeah. you know, I would give it to CB. You know, he got the island vibes, so it's cool. Okay. I would say CB play the island vibes. You all right. Know? OG, he be throwing uh, the weekend EDM in there, too. EDM. EDM the weekend, but it'd be like a remix. I'm not joking. Okay. Yeah, but right, it's, it's, it's his vibe, though. Yeah, OG's weird with everything, man. Um, why, speaking of weird, why do you always wear the jersey backwards in practice? Backwards? And sometimes I, it's not even yours. Like, right now, you got the number eight on, man. You got you got Ron Harper's man, jersey. Man, shout out Ron Harper Jr., man. But, you know, I don't even know. I ain't even noticed I had to throw the wrong jersey you, on. This, you always this put just it on backwards. This is just the one why. they threw me. I ain't even know it was backwards. Me. Okay. I thought this was the right way. All right. <laughs> all right, all right. Two more, two more, two more. Um, if you weren't in the NBA right now, what, what job would you be doing? If I was not in the NBA right now, I would probably still try to find some way to be around the game and still involved with the game. So if it's not coaching or playing, it would obviously be probably helping players get back through sports injuries, probably physical okay. therapy type of thing that I would have been on. Exactly. In that type of field, you know, if I, to still stay close to the game and connected if I wasn't fortunate enough to play it. All right, last one, because your dad grilled me about this. Who is the GOAT rapper? Well, first off, before I answer this, what did he what did he grill you with? What did he say? Hey. Hi, so I answered I answered like early Kanye. I really liked early Kanye. That was the same part of that was the part of my life that I really was yeah. listening to most rap. He came back at me and was like, "It's got to be Jay," and he pressed me. He loved Jay Z. He pressed me hard he on it. So I need to hear your go rapper before we go. My go rapper, since I was a youngin, this was not when I came to Toronto. This yeah. is years before Toronto. Anybody that's went into a booth and composed music, wrote lyrics, tried to rap, to me, the GOAT is Drake. There's, okay. There's nobody that's that's better than him that can sing, that can rap, that can tap into unlimited yeah. music genres to island vibes to rapping to singing to all across the board. Nobody has done that. So anybody that's ever picked up a pen or pad, I honestly think Drake is the greatest ever. Have you debated sure. your dad about this? Because he, he, he well, pressed me when I said, when for I said sure. Kanye, which gonna, was a valid choice, I think. Kanye is valid. You know, yeah. Kanye is cool. You know, he, he had the super early or Kanye was going yeah, crazy. backpack, polos. All that. that. Had everybody wearing them, too. So, you know what I'm yeah. saying? But, you know, Drake, he the GOAT, bro. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody with him. All right. Appreciate you. Appreciate Gary you. Gary Trent Jr., good luck on the rest of the season. Appreciate Thanks you. Love. Thank you.
All right, that was our interview with uh, Gary Trent Jr. down at practice on Wednesday. So, yeah, he would not reveal who's coming off that bench. But, I mean, it's not a big mystery. We're going to see it, like, tonight uh, when the Raptors play the Pelicans. But, um, yeah, and by the way, Raptors should have a fully healthy roster. Uh, knock on wood. Um, hopefully it stays that way. But um, they'll have some choices to make. Anyway, what, what did you take away from that interview that uh, that we did? Uh, that nobody on the team knows uh, what happened in November uh, when they slumped. Because <laughs> yeah, when you asked him about November, he was like, I don't know. He's like, I don't know what we're doing as a team. <laughs> yeah, but I don't we know were just trying to figure it out. I don't know out. what and happened like, in November. What? Our season just fell apart. No, I think I think Gary, obviously, talked about Gary Sr. as well, who mm. everyone's familiar with. Of course. You know, similar, I think similar approach. Like, they, they both have, I think, just great perspective when it comes to thinking about just their own game and their own life and their own career and stuff. Yeah. And, like, we talk about this a lot. I mean, like, how old is Gary? Gary's really young, still, like, what, 23, 24? I don't mm. know. And, like, for him, I think, you know, for, for other people, this could have been a very difficult season, a challenging season. And I'm sure, you know, he, he talked about it too. Like, you you know, you want to be in the NBA to start, not come off the bench, but in a contract year where he's shifted different roles and, you know, a down season for the Raptors, he has kept it very even keel and you've seen him turn his season around. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's that's the main takeaway um and and the other one is um love the uh vintage or designer question yeah Yeah. i I threw that in there for you no i appreciate that um that that was great um yeah but otherwise it's it's always cool hearing him talk about just like growing up in in, like an nba environment being in the locker rooms and and all of that stuff is super cool too yeah i mean it's got to be a distinct advantage right i mean the the number of times obviously we 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 asked him about his dad because everyone who listens to this program understands that Mm. you know his dad is uh in terms of goat guests he's probably the goat Raptor show guest. Yeah, I would have to say. I'll go with Keith Pompey, but yeah. Okay, that's that's one time. Yeah. That's one time, man. That's like that's like what Max Kellerman said. Kawhi's the goat because <laughs> because of that one playoff run. I mean, like, yeah, he was the goat of 2019. But Keith um, Pompey's Arlen Sanity, man. Yeah. Um, okay, mm. uh, I've never seen that connection made before, and it never will be made again. But yeah, I mean, you know, he you could clearly tell like how much um you know his dad's influence like uh, guided his whole sort of existence, right? And like. Um, yeah, even when I asked him about the question about, like, you know, what would you be doing if you weren't in the NBA? He's like, mm. I'd be in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't care said. if I got to be he's Alex like, McKechnie and, and rub shoulders for people. I'm literally going to be in the NBA no matter what. Yeah, so. that's, that, that's always an interesting uh, answer, too. Cause, cause that's you, a real baller answer right there. No, you see guys ask about this, and they'll say, oh, like, maybe I'll be teaching or, like, you know, be in business, yeah. do other stuff. But, like, I guess true hoopers will, will always have that love of the game mm. and, and want to be around. So the go rapper uh, answered, it's, uh, I don't know if it did surprise me. I guess I'm not no, that it's surprised. A, it's an age thing. It's an age Generational. Thing. The thing. You know? Yeah, for your yeah. generation, obviously, Jay-Z was, I wouldn't say, was it undisputed? Was it um, undisputed? You know, they disputed? used to debate Jay-Z, Biggie, or Nas, you know? Type, okay. You know? Okay, but we know but, who won that one, objectively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? But, you um, know, Biggie didn't pass away, but, you know, yeah, yeah. Okay, but that's like, show, that's like but. the, again, that's Kawhi in 2019 again. No uh, offense, but damn. Um, this generation. Damn, Biggie to Kawhi 2019 is wild, man. Th- this generation, I mean, like, yeah, it makes sense that he would yeah. put it as Drake. Like, in, in Drake, uh, Gary, who's 24 years old, like, in those 24 years of him listening to music, mm-hmm. um, Drake has dominated, like, 10 of them at least. Maybe yeah, because a modern day debate, I guess there's a lot of Kendrick Lamar fans. Right? Sure, yeah. And then I don't know who that number three is. Uh, J. Cole? Yeah, no. Mm, Let's not go there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't think people listen for yeah. our, our rap tastes. But Thames, uh, Thames is not a rapper. I'm just man. naming people from All Star. Yeah, did you like Thames' performance? Uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Elite singer, man. Shouts to Julie Black. Um, yep. Sang the anthem, but yeah, great, 
great interview. You you did try to you know pry that information from him. Yeah. But he wasn't giving it we up. We shall find out soon. You know um, what? Though? I, I, you know, this is my prediction for three hours from now. Okay. When the Official two of us prediction. are going to be sitting in the Raptors interview room and Nick Nurse is going to come to the pregame, uh, 545 scheduled. And I'm sure invariably the first question will be, you know, um, who's going to be your starting five. Mm. And I feel like Nick will still play a coy even by 545. Yeah. Because there is a yeah. distinct competitive advantage right now to not tip your hand. Until the very last moment where you have to. Yeah, arg- arguable, but yeah, sure. You think he'll give us an answer like, oh, you know, I'm still no. deciding to see if OG's available, <laughs> and I'm still deciding to see, you know... Um, I think you you're going to have to wait till about, like, what, six, 6.30 for that starting lineup if graphic. I had to guess, to if hit. I had to guess, yeah, yeah I, I would so. say 6.30 instead of 5.45. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if that was sort of told to be kept under wraps. Mm. But you who, would I mean? you, who would you be expecting... To be the starting five tonight, assuming everybody is healthy. Yeah, assuming everyone's healthy. OG is questionable, but I mean, he, he went through I all. I think practice. he's expected to play. He, he's going to play. By all accounts, he's going to play. Um, yeah, I mean, if I had to guess, it'd probably be Precious. Precious for sure is going to the bench with the Proto coming back. Okay. Um, Precious was obviously the starting five when we had injuries to the lineup, um, mm-hmm. and then he was the starting four. When OG was 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 out and unavailable to play the position, but Yaka Proto was in playing the five, so mm. you saw that pairing, which I actually kind of liked. Okay. Um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing more of that tonight, and I'm sure we will. Um, but OG coming back now takes the four away from Precious Achua. I think Precious can go back to the bench. Right. Um, the tougher choice is which one of the backcourt are you going to um, demote? And let's be honest, it's not going to be Fred just based on his position on the team and, right. and history with the team. It's not going to be Fred. He's never come off the bench um, ever since the championship. Mm. Um, and then Pascal obviously is not going to the bench. That's mm. just, that's undisputed. Uh, undisputed. And then so. OG has like also not seen time on the bench. I think since, um, since the championship, right? Yeah. Like, since one, since one Kawhi was around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. Um, that probably means Gary's going to the bench, I have oh, okay. to guess. And I did pull up some numbers just to quickly preview this. So okay. um, Precious has been more effective as a starter than than with the bench, which makes sense. I think, you know, clearly he's a guy where if you create opportunities for him, he's going to have an easier time scoring because he's not the most natural self-starter, although he does always try to get his own baskets. Mm. Um, but I just think that he's just more efficient when he's set up. He's averaging... Um, 13.4 points and 9.4 rebounds as a starter compared to 9 points and 5.5 rebounds coming off the bench. And uh, he's shooting 54% from the field as a starter compared to 46% um, off the bench. Now, of course, him coming off the bench, that was also at the start of the season when he was just struggling overall. So right. hopefully um, he's he's past that because since returning from injury, Precious has been pretty good. Um, so hopefully he's able to maintain that form. For the second unit, I think Precious coming off the bench now also gives you the availability to play bigger, right? So you can have Yaka Pertl being your starting five. And then when Yak needs a breather or when he gets to the foul trouble, inevitably, mm. Precious can come in and be your five, right? It's a lot easier to sort of sub back and forth with those two at center. Gary coming off the bench this season has been very, very efficient. Now, he only came off the bench for eight games during that, you know, uh, December, November stretch mm. that we asked him about in the interview. Um, he's shooting... 43% uh, from the field, 35% from three, and 85% as a starter, averaging 19 points a game. Um, and then out, coming off the bench, he's averaging 18 points per game, so only one point fewer, but he's shooting 50% from the field, 44% from three, and 78% uh, from the free throw line. So, I mean, he's proven that he can be effective in that bench role. And, you know, I, I think, oh, by the way, the other option I, I didn't even mention was do you potentially send Scotty to the bench? But given the reaction of when he got sent to that bench that one time, 
mm. um, against Cleveland and the postgame re- reactions to that. I, right. I don't think that they'll do that. Plus, again. he's been playing well lately. Yeah, no, and I of think course, it makes sense when you look at the other players who to. And I think Gary does make the most sense, and I don't think it's um, kind of a detriment to him. Mm-hmm. If anything, I think it's a compliment to him that he's. I think he's. You're able to get the best out of Gary, whether he's in the starting lineup or coming off the bench. Like you're able to get his skill set. Yeah, utilize his skill set. I think there's something too to be said about the second unit does like just lack a score. Sure. Um, in in recent games, the Raptors have been able to get by with Chris Boucher hustling his way into some baskets, mm. and that's not to say that like Chris just scores because of hustle. Like I think there is a real talent to him, sort of getting into those opportunities. Um, but if it's and but like you know in a half court setting, Chris obviously isn't creating shots mm. and, and isn't scoring enough, right? So you do need another option there. Um. And you don't have a really have a shooter off the bench either, unless you're really playing Malachi, which I don't think is going to happen too much mm. um, when everyone's fully healthy. So, yeah, I mean, it, it does make sense to some degree to, to bring Gary off the bench. I mean, I still don't fully like it. I, I like having, like, you know, uh, shooting in the starting lineup. Yeah. And if the starting five, which is what I'm proposing right now, or what I'm predicting right now, it's going to be Fred, Scotty, OG, Pascal, and Jakob. There's only one, there's only two like consistent shooters, uh, only one off the dribble shooter in Fred, uh, who's not even shooting at the same percentage as he was last season. We've covered this at, to, to, you know, to death on the season. Um, OG's a catch and shoot standstill three point shooter. Um, mm. You know, he's still working his way back from injury. We'll see what it looks like there. Um, and then Pascal and Scotty are more inconsistent shooters. Mm. And that's something that Nick Nurse talked about at practice was like, I'm going to need you guys to shoot the ball. Like, mm-hmm. we need to get their attempts up. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you, you send Gary to the bench. I mean, you, you you are lacking in shooting. But then again, I think Gary could still play at least 28 to 30 minutes, even in a reserve role. Yeah, and that's the other problem, too. Like, you know, I think I think we've seen just from the three-game sample size from having Jakob Pertl in the lineup, like what he's adding. But the lack of shooting is still something that really sticks out mm. when you look at this roster, right? Because you can piece it any, any way you want, the starting five and guys coming off the bench. There's just not enough shooters on this team right now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, But that's, I think, that's where you're going to need some more internal development from the likes of Pascal or or Scotty in that front. Or add a shooter this summer. Or add a shooter this summer. But, you know, we we did see Joe Wieskamp in practice. You see him? He he walked through the facility with a gigantic uh, uh, suitcase. Oh, yeah. (laughs) What was in the suitcase? That is, I don't know. His 10-day contract? I'm assuming like his all his relevant worldly possessions because he's obviously going to be signed through the season, right? Oh, so, yeah, Weezy's settling in, man. That was a huge... Uh, that thing has to be... That might have been oversized. Oh, man. No, but I think I think the... Uh, I think your starting lineup prediction is probably the one that everybody is expecting, right? Yeah. I think it is the one that makes sense, so... I think Precious for sure goes to the bench. Who else goes to the bench with him yeah. is probably more of a TBD, but right now, if I had to guess, it's be Gary. Are you of the mind to, like... Do you want a set starting lineup, like, moving forward? Or are you okay? Because we've seen Nick before, obviously, yeah. mix and match based on matchups, right? Right. So we saw the platoon when Nick Nurse first took over. Um, it was JV would start against the bigger centers, mm. and then Serge would start against against the smaller centers. And then afterwards, when JV was flipping Mar- Marcus Gasol, we also saw flip-flopping. Mm. Eventually, though, Nick Nurse did settle with... Serge Ibaka starting, or sorry, uh, coming Marcus off the bench and Marcus starting, and, yeah. and Serge is coming off the bench, mm-hmm. and we saw that for the entirety of the playoffs, regardless of what the matchups were. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then after that point, I don't think we've seen any consistent platooning. Okay, so I, I doubt it. And honestly, we, we talked about this, but we only have twenty three games here the rest of the season to yeah. to secure some sort of playoff opportunity yeah. no here. No more, no more juggling the lineups. Like set the lineup and set let's the go. lineup. Tell everyone this is your role, and you just got to buy in for two months. Yeah. 
like it, you know like, I, I don't want to hear any more complaining about anything else right like let's just like the, yeah. the goal is the goal the trade deadline is over you're here for at least two months mm-hmm. let's stick to that goal let's stick to that plan and play together as a team so whatever nick decides to ride with i would like to see that go forward okay cool yeah just dealing with a fire alarm situation here but mm. we're, we're gonna you know continue soldiering on here should we go to break <laughs> what, what are you supposed to do in this situation well i believe um i believe you have a promo read to do and then when we come back we can talk about expectations for the rest of the season for the raptors do they want a promo read with the, <laughs> with the fire alarm in the background all right i believe it's gone now oh thank goodness yeah, uh just no in time fires. so yeah if you haven't heard already mcdonald's canada is welcoming a new limited time item to its first ever collaboration with pascal siakam which is the siakam swirl mcflurry i i've had it right here i it was able to to consume um you know, a majority of this. During you gave it a nine the, out of ten. Yeah. Uh, with Gary Trent Jr., yeah. um, I'm giving a nine out of ten. Very high marks. Anyway, the ad read continues. Inspired by Siakam's signature spin move and your Toronto Raptors team colors, the new McFlurry will be available at participating restaurants in Ontario for a limited time. Um, to celebrate this collaboration, we'll be giving away a $100 McDonald's gift card and a Raptors hat signed by Pascal Siakam. All you have to do is text the code word that we are about to give you to five ninety five ninety, and you will automatically be entered into this awesome giveaway. That code word is Siakam Swirl. Two words: Siakam Swirl. Two words. Text Siakam Swirl to five ninety five ninety, and you could be walking away with a one hundred dollar McDonald's gift card and some autographed Raptors merchandise. And also, just go get this. This is very delicious. Yeah, check out the... I think this the... is the first McFlurry I've ever had, actually. And really? Yeah, it's... Never it's... had an Oreo McFlurry? Smarties? Uh, no McFlurry. This is the Red Smarties one. It's pretty good. No Sunday at McDonald's? None of that? All right. No. Okay. Yeah, but, I just text uh, I just text in just to confirm that it works. So. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. confirming that it works. Huh? Hopefully, I'll be showing up tomorrow with a signed Pascal Siakam Raptors hat. Oh, well, well, if that happens, then uh, we'll know uh, We know that some corruption has gone on. But anyway, we are going to take that break. I've been your host, Willu, and you've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Have you checked out Bet Rivers yet? Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about Bet Rivers Sportsbook award winning customer service. It's a whole new game with Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19 plus, available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to The Raptor Show on the Sports and Radio Network. I'm your host, Wim Liu. Continue to be joined by producer and co-host, Alex Wong. There is uh, no fire inside of uh, OMP, at least on our side of OMP. And uh, we're, we're good to finish the show. So, yeah. What do you want to talk about? The uh, Toronto Raptors. Toronto Raptors have mm. 23 games left. They are in 10th place in the East. 28 and 31 on the season. And mm. Fred was asked the other day at practice about what he thinks of the team's chances of potentially getting into the top six, obviously avoiding having to win one or two play-in games just to get into the proper playoffs. And 
They're four and a half back of the the New York Knicks right now yep. for the sixth spot with 23 to go. And I don't think you would expect Fred to, to say anything else uh, besides what he said. He said, absolutely. You know, absolutely that this is a realistic goal. So uh, I guess the question for you today is, uh, is that a realistic goal for the Raptors to get to the sixth spot? Okay, so um, just to set the tone for what it would look like to, to, to get to six. So right now the Knicks are uh, winning 55% of their games. Uh, mm-hmm. What that translates to at the end of the season is 45 and 37. Okay. For the Raptors to finish at 45 and 37, and they don't need to finish there because they do have the season tiebreaker over the Knicks. They beat them three times. Mm. Uh, the Raptors go, need to go 17 and six. Right. To reach the Knicks current pace at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, for some context, the Bulls last year were the sixth seed. Their record was 46 and 36. So, so roughly exactly around the there, same, yeah. right? For the Raptors to get to that, they need to go 18 and 5. Right. For the Raptors to even go 500, much more doable, 13 and 10. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, you know, uh, I think for the Raptors right now, they're not necessarily looking for the final record. They're looking to see how they match up with other teams. The tricky thing is um, to to get out of this play-in picture, um, the Raptors would need to leapfrog uh, a number of teams, four teams, Miami, Atlanta, Washington, and those New York Knicks. Miami and the Knicks are like one game apart, so it's hard to sort of even catch up to Miami. Basically, um, if the Raptors want to at least get that buy, or not the buy, but the the the, the first chance to advance in yeah. the playing game, there's value. The, there's value in the seven spot because you basically yep. get two shots. You got two shots if you need yep. at home to advance. Yes, which it's, is actually very advantageous. Although we did see Cleveland last year lose two of those. Oh, that's right. Oh man, that's delicious. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Evan Mobley lost Rookie of the Year um, by four votes. But, Damn, we still hating. Um, um, why not? Um, but yeah, I mean, so obviously that seventh spot is the best one. Yes. Um, the eighth spot is also way better than nine or ten because of the fact that you have two games to play for, right? Right. You need to win two games if you're in the nine ten, and you need to win one game if you're in the seven eight. Mm-hmm. For the Raptors to, yeah, I mean, get to eight. Right now, the Raptors are two games back of Atlanta. They don't have the tiebreaker against Atlanta mm. because the Raptors couldn't guard Trey Young for three seconds going full length of the floor. For an alley oop, which is just a hilarious way for the season to be decided if that oh, we actually were, were to matter. We're really gonna have a Griffin Bowl in April in the play in. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I, you know, I just that's what we need to see is or the Raptors bench play mob, Atlanta like again. Delon Wright versus bench mob over here. Yeah. Oh man. Um. So some of the crucial right. games coming up in the schedule. What's one of the issues when you look at who the Raptors are playing? Mm-hmm. They're not actually playing that many teams above them. Right now, the the key thing is they're playing Washington three times, including okay. a back to back coming up next week. I think. Yep. Cancel your plans for that. I big. My plans are to cover every Raptor game, so <laughs> I, I my plans are going to be maintained. But um, yeah, they're going to have to play. They're going to play Washington three times. If they beat Washington three times, they should be able to mm. uh, put themselves in a great position to be above Washington. Okay. <laughs> but then otherwise, the only relevant, directly following. relevant games are, are playing against the Chicago Bulls, mm. which I mean, okay. They're sliding anyway, um, but, you know, that is important. Um, but, yeah, after that, I mean, like, you know, it's it's not that easy. They're obviously, the Raptors have played all their games against the Knicks. They played, uh, you know, two against Miami already. It's not three. Did they play three against Miami? I think they played three. But in any case, like, yeah, um, you know, there's not that many games to directly make up that ground. And, and yeah, I mean, there's going to be some tough games in the rest of the schedule. Yeah. Um, you know, John Schumann from NBA.com you know, says that the Raptors have the third toughest remaining schedule in the East. Okay. And they have um, eight of the 12 games against teams right now 
with uh, winning records that they're going to play are against mm. the top five teams in the league. So they still got Boston twice, yep. Milwaukee twice, Denver twice, Philly, and then Cleveland. Now, some of those games do come uh, at the very end of the season. Yep. Like, um, yeah, Boston I think, twice. Yeah, I think they got Milwaukee. Boston twice and Milwaukee towards the very end. So who knows? Maybe the seating will be decided by then. And that'll clear a path for, for the Raptors. Cause if you look at the last five games yeah. of, of their season, you know, they've got four road games. Oh man, this is going to be fun. Two in Charlotte back to back and then two in Boston back to back. And then they host Milwaukee to uh, end the season. Put that one on ESPN as well. Um, okay. So that could be a path potentially for them to, to kind of set their seating um, with that last kind of five games in the season. But yeah. I mean, they've got another they've got another road trip coming, like a five game road trip that starts, like you mentioned, with the two games in Washington, and then they go to Denver, and then they pl- play the two LA teams, and then they come back against Denver. Like that's a pretty difficult stretch. Oh yeah, of the schedule. So like, yeah. you mentioned, like I don't know, I don't think getting to the sixth or even the seventh is realistic for them. I feel like maybe the eighth spot should be their goal. Yeah, eight eight seems to be Cuz you're asking them one. to go 17 and 6, like I have seen zero evidence of this team being able to go 17 and 6. And if you tell me the addition of Jakob Pertl and them being healthy is what's going to change it, then sure. Um, like like I I can drink the Kool-Aid for a few days. So last season we were, the one key stat that you were tracking cuz you know, you're a statistician. <laughs> All right. What the Svi? Is Svi hitting 3 threes in one oh, game? Yeah, now right? I'm obsessed, four, four, now I'm obsessed with them not having one more than 3 in a row. Yeah, right, right now the Svi 3 games is yeah. just 3 games in a row of, of winning for the Raptors yeah. cuz the Raptors basically need to win 3 games to every loss the rest of the way. Right. To so like 3 out of 4, like 3 out of 4 yeah. during this stretch and we just, I mean, we just, haven't, easy, but, you we know, just haven't seen it is the thing, right? That yeah, doesn't but, mean, you, know, you can, you no, can. that doesn't mean they're not going to play their best basketball now down the stretch. That's fine. Like, I understand the team has improved. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, hopefully knock on wood, it's full health the rest of the way. But I just, I just want to see this team play good basketball for like a week. I agree with you. Without I, having some of those, like, whatever you want to call it, you know, all those bad losses that we count, right? Like the road loss in Minnesota. Mm. The collapse right after the deadline against Utah in the fourth quarter, like mm. without those kind of interrupting any momentum that they're trying to build. Yeah. Because it seems like every time they've tried to kind of build any sort of momentum, they just kind of have one of those terrible losses and it just sets them back. Yeah. No, they got to really pull off a streak here. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think the other thing too is it's not just necessarily how they do in terms of where their playoff seating is. I mean, obviously, that's the most important thing for right now. Mm. But I think the bigger thing is, like, can you evaluate how this core fits together? Yes, right? like, the bigger, like the a bigger idea. picture. Because yeah. the bigger thing is, for me, like, what's going to happen in the offseason? Even if they make their yep. playoffs, they're probably going to go one round, and that's it. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, best yeah. case scenario, they make round two. Yeah. Right? So um, I think, for me, it's, like, looking at the fit mm-hmm. of, of this core. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been the whole theme of the season. Yeah. And at the deadline, they chose to to supplement the core rather than break it apart. But yeah. again, like you can really make that decision in the offseason. And again, I, I think the pressure should be on the front office once again. You know, just like it was had, uh, leading to the front, um, leading to the uh, the trade deadline. But before we get to um, tonight's game mm. and our our Brett Rivers um, content, um, wanted to quickly touch on All Star Weekend because we didn't have a show between you know Friday before All Star Weekend started and, yeah. and now which is Thursday. People have forgotten about the All-Star game, but... Um, we haven't. No. We haven't. Yeah. And, you know, we did a draft last Friday. Yes, you you might of, remember that draft from yeah. Alex rhyming all their names. Yeah, Demontis yeah. Sabonis putting you in the bonus. <laughs> I don't know why that's so His funny. game is legit, yo. His name is Bam Adebayo or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. 
better than anything I heard this uh, this past weekend. That's um, true. On the intros. But we did the draft, and, um, you know, you have I believe you have the box score summer here. You basically will destroyed me in this all-star game fantasy draft. Uh, yeah, I believe so. We, we drafted our own teams, and then we were going to total up their total points. Yes, and it was lopsided. I believe the final score was 276 to Goodness. 84. Goodness. In favor of my team. Yeah, um, highlights for you was Jason Tatum. Your high okay, just 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 to be clear, your high scores in your team were Tyrese Halliburton at 18 points. Yeah. Laurie Markinen at 13, who was your last pick of the starters. Oh man. Um, and Randall, Julius Randall, uh, eleven points. Those are your only three double digit scores. That's it? For double digits. How yeah. much does Shea Gilgis Alexander have? Shea had nine. Oh, because LeBron blocked him. My team had Tatum. Which had 55. Yep, the MVP. Yep. Donovan Mitchell, who had 40. Yep, second best player. Jalen Brown, 35. Yep. Joel Embiid and Kyrie Irving with 32 each. Oh, Dame Lillard man. with 26. LeBron with 13 before he left the game with injury. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Ant Pascal had 12 each. No, you even had the better captain, man. You, you, yeah. had, you even had LeBron. You know, I had Giannis who, who you know, dunked and then left the game yeah. uh, three seconds in. But... I did learn some lessons from this. Uh, number one, just never draft Nikola Jokic because yeah. he does not care. Or Luka. Yeah. Luka was panting heavily <laughs> while he when was they mic'd the him up, mic. man. He's like, oh, watch me get this for you. No, but, but Yo- I was like, man, damn. Jokic, <laughs> why, was straight up, Jokic was straight up all weekend being like, yeah, I don't care about this. Uh-huh. Like, this is stupid. And he didn't really try out there. So, yeah, no more drafting bigs and especially, especially Jokic. That was my... That was one of my fatal mistakes. Again, you had a stretch where you drafted <laughs> Jaron Jackson Jr., DeMar DeRozan, Julius Randle, Bam Adebayo, which all due respect to DeMar, but he doesn't belong in this group. But no, this how is... do you have JJJ, Randle, and Bam <laughs> on the same team, man? I think I just, I think I just like how I wrapped them. Um, yeah, but that, yeah, that did not. So, you know, in future, if you're looking to draft, um, consult Will and do not consult me on this. Yeah. That was a clear... That's a tough one, man. Clear winner was Will. Um... Draft ball hogs too, by the way. Yeah, I know, man. But the Tatum, man, the Tatum Mitchell. I had a lot of ball hogs on my team. Tatum Mitchell was was that was that was perfect, man. That yeah, was perfect. I tip my cap to you. I had I had the poo poo platter of all stars, man. But um, any other highlights for you from from All Star? You know, Mac McClung, um, celeb game. I always enjoy watching the celeb game because you get to see very random intersections in society that you would never see, mm, like a little Guillermo. Like oh, Albert Pujols just picked Simulu at half court. <laughs> I'm just like, why would you ever see that, right? So, no, I enjoy the celebrity game, man. I, I, mm. It's funny that they put the NFL players in there because they're, like, so good at their sports. Yeah. But then when they play basketball and, like, uh, who was it? Uh, DK Metcalf? Is he, like, he's right, a big right, deal? Right, right. He's, he's, yeah. He's he, a really he good player. He was good in that game, no? He was good That's in that game, but then he highlights. got on the fast break and he looked exactly like Thanasis Adenakumbo on the fast break. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's probably Giannis in his league, so Th- it's you a know, big difference. You know, the All-Star weekend is perfect for Thanasis because I feel like he belongs in every yeah. event. Like he fits in in the celeb game, he could probably sneak into the rising stars still at this point. They yeah, probably won't even check sure. his age. Yeah, sure. Um, you know the skills challenge because somehow Giannis always brings his brothers. Yep. For the full experience, and I, he oh, okay three point shootout maybe not. So I actually would love to see it, man. Could <laughs> yeah, he do yeah. worse than Julius? Would he do worse than Kevin Herter, man? I feel like Kevin Herter skated from from the uh, allocations, man. He was terrible. Yeah. Well, no one said know. anything. That's yeah. the thing, though. When you're terrible in a three point contest, I feel like you kind of get to slide. Whereas when you are bad at the slam dunk contests, oh, like you know, by the like way, Jericho Sims, Jericho Sims, mm. 
dunking with the the arms in the rim. The Twice. first time he only got one arm in the rim. The other one he like bangs his arm into the rim and then like tried to like crawl into it. Yeah. And then the second one, <laughs> the where one he basically. ripped the piece of paper and showed that fifty, which looked like it was chewed into by a dog. I was like, oh man, that is not a fifty, sir. That's not a fifty, man. Oh but man. Anyway, yeah. yeah the funniest was there was just no reaction from uh, from any of the players. Everyone was like. Okay. <laughs> Even Pascal's like, I gotta turn on my camcorder for this man. <laughs> Need to save batteries. And anyway. now it's time for Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. The Toronto Raptors are hosting the New Orleans Pelicans tonight. You can catch the game at 7:30 on Sportsnet 590. The fan. The line is Raptors are minus six and a half point favorites. Zion Williamson is out for the New Orleans Pelicans. OGN and Obi Thayang are questionable, but both expected to play. It's also Caribbean Heritage Night tonight mm. at Scotiabank Arena. Will, who do you like? Six and a half point favorites, Toronto at home. Uh, yeah, so uh, every game for the rest of the season is a must win for mm. your Toronto Raptors. Um, mm. So, yeah, I mean, expecting um, a strong effort from them. I think the Pelicans are, they're sliding. Um, but at the same time, they still have a lot of players on that team that will play hard, that will scrap. Um, I'm happy that we have Yaka Pertl for this matchup because somebody needs to guard JV. Mm. Um, hopefully Yaka can, can do it. Um, you know, if someone can put you in foul trouble, you know, similar to his Lithuanian brother, Sabonis, uh, JV could also put you in the bonus. <laughs> um, so Yakub's going to have to watch the fouls. But yeah, uh, yeah if, if Yaka avoids foul trouble here, I do think the Raptors will win. Six and a half points is a lot though. And I think I will take the, the Pelicans. Okay, so you're taking the Pelicans to cover, yeah. but the Raptors to win. Yes. Okay, yeah. well, let's go with that. That was Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. And um, yeah, that's it for today. That's it for today. Welcome yeah. back. Welcome back. Yeah. Uh, big thanks to Gary Chen Jr. for giving us the interview once again. You know, we didn't know who it was going to be, by the way, when we went to practice. We, uh, we got down there and, and they told <laughs> us it was going to be Gary or... Precious. Yeah, so, it, was a, it was a squid game situation. If we could Wasn't also sure. interview Precious too, that'd be great because I already have all the interview questions uh, filled out oh, okay. in preparation. So okay. Josh, um, I know you're listening. Uh, set up that interview. Um, otherwise, listen to the banter pod if you haven't already. We just interviewed uh, our friend Trevor Louis From Super Fresh. I uh, yeah. don't know why he pronounced his last name Louis, by the way. His, his name is Louis. But oh. anyway, um, uh, we're done for today. I've been your host, Will Lou, and you've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find The Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review the show. Thanks again to producer and co-host Alex Wong, our board producer Lance Kennedy, subbing in today, and Jennifer Rolnick for helping with the YouTube stream. And we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.